Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Yeah, baby. Take a load off. Right? Man, this is kind of warm here. This, uh... This is a nice change of pace. I'm liking this it outdoor tavern. It's like, outdoor. It's right on the coast. It's a beautiful area. Very ornate. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I agree. What can I get you, I boys? Agree. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I want to order it. It's called I'll Take One Athlete's Guzzle. <laughs> Ugh. Feel like athlete's terrible. foot or something. <laughs> well, since we are in uh, Canarthi's Roost and there are kitty cats all over the place, I'm going to have a Tanith coffee with a little side of cow's cream and about a cup of moon sugar, please. Coming right Gosh, up. Gosh, that sounds like a Starbucks order. That's a Kajiti order. That's a. Mm, mm, okay. Mm. So, what have you been doing, dude? What's up, bruh? You know, uh, I've done a lot of research this week. Tons yeah. and tons of research. Yes, there's a lot of chatter in Guild Chat about lore. So I've researched some different things this week. I have done a lot of research um, on the Khajiit. Mm-hmm. And something a little special we have for our folks a little bit later. We're going to forego our ESO 101 lesson this week to bring you some answers to some questions that we've been hearing a lot about and has been a big topic of conversation in our lore channels and I'm happy I'm excited to bring them to you. So let's see what else have I done. Almost finished up the Dark Brotherhood. Been kind of pecking away at that little by little. Nice. Tons of dungeons and a whole lot of healing orchid. That's a lot. <laughs> I love how that's good you point him out. <laughs> yeah. It's become part of the show. It's become part of my ESO playtime is assuring that he survives <laughs> everything. Is it because when he sees a red circle, he runs towards it instead of away from it? <laughs> it happens. <laughs> happens to the best of us. Yeah, I tell you what, man, that Dark Brotherhood that that's a that's a good. Let me okay. Let me backtrack. One, are you enjoying that DLC? Yes, as much Very as you much thought so. you would. As much as I thought I would, yes, the story is, in my opinion, much better than the Thieves Guild stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have not gotten around the fact that I am senselessly murdering a ton of people. That's pretty tough for you. I mean, that's a. It is tough for me. It's just, it's, it's how I play. I try to spread good, kill Daedra. And I am killing a lot of regular old people. Now, just not just like people who I've caught <laughs> stealing things or people who have wronged me. I'm talking people who are going about their daily lives in these towns. And, you know, maybe they're carrying something from one place to another in their daily job. Or maybe they are spending some time drinking in a tavern. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, blammo, blade of woe right in the back of the head or in the front of the face just gnarly but it's kind of awesome 
Isn't that Blade of Woe awesome? If you don't if you don't want to do the Dark Brother quest, I know there's some people who don't, they just don't get into it. All you have to do is sign up and you get the Blade of Woe and it's an instant kill for NPCs. So that's that's worth it. That is Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It harkens me back to the Fallout series mm. and some of the kills you can make with mm-hmm. that system. Mm-hmm. Those animations yeah. never get old. Alright everybody, well welcome back. This is episode 11 of Lore Seekers Podcast and uh, we're your hosts. I'm Jibs and I'm joined by Cash. Yep, once again this week we are very happy, very excited, very proud to bring you some good solid content yeah, in the man. form of news and lore. So, without further ado. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this week on the show, we're covering, uh, like Cash said earlier, but we got some news and we're doing some fun uh, lore lessons and just all kinds of goodness. We got all, we got a, news was kind of scarce this week, but, you know, it happens. So we got stuff we're going to cover. But, anywho, um, so yeah, this past week in uh, ESO, I have been working I have a new goal, a new thing I'm working towards, of um, a maelstrom, my maelstrom arena build for my warden. Started, I remade the warden, the high elf now, and uh, so I'm working through the maelstrom or uh, leveling, trying to get all that up so I can eventually do the maelstrom arena with him. And made a Khajiit to hold. I do want to. Kind of like try the whole. I've seen a lot on the net people doing, making a ton of money just off of thieving, and they've got roots that they do, and so I want to check into that. And uh, that's uh, that's about it for me. So, hmm. you know, the, I am that. I'm torn right now too because remember I said I was researching a tank build. Yeah. So I've since gone from thinking warden tank to thinking DK tank, but now I'm having a problem with the race. Really? I don't know if I want to go... Yes, because I want a Khajiit pretty bad. I also would like an Argonian, but I want a Khajiit more. I just know that the Argonian is probably a better min-max mm-hmm. choice mm-hmm. for a tank. A Khajiit would just be way more fun. So I'm kind of going back and forth on that. Here's the thing, like, because I kind of feel the same, um, I kind of felt the same way when I first started as a because I wanted to have a, a dark elf, so I went sort uh, dark elf sork instead of a high elf sork, and that was right around the time the show was starting. At the time, I really didn't care for the high elves, and technically, the high elves are higher end as far as min max is concerned, and there's just a small percentage. But uh, man, you know, I think overall you should totally do what you want to roll. I mean, unless it's a huge, like, numbers disadvantage, you know, then you'd probably be shooting yourself in the foot. But, man, unless it's, like, you know, if it's something small in between the two races, as far as percentage-wise, just do it. Roll the roll the, the Khajiit. Or the, uh... You know, I, you're probably right. And the reason I say that is because a lot of the tank builds that I'm looking at right now are from Woller. If you haven't checked out Woller and you're a tank... Do it. Look him up on uh, YouTube. W-O-E-L-E-R. The guy is really good, and he makes a lot of sense with uh, his philosophy on rolling tanks. Mm-hmm. That's what he plays, but the biggest part is that he plays 
a Khajiit tank. Right. And that's so I'm kind of leaning. I'm like, oh, should I do it? But I'm new to tanking. He is an expert at tanking. So <laughs> I'm sure he can, he pulls it off way better than I possibly would. And that's why I'm thinking, well, as a new tank, maybe I should go with a little bit easier race. But you know, you're probably right. You should just play what you want to play. Play what you want to play because that's what's going to stick. That that's what's going to stick with you and your experience. The fact that you're playing, you know, the race from Tamriel that you know everyone that you're excited about to play. But anywho, hey you two, give us some news. Gosh, he's here too, stalker. <laughs> All right, well, let's hop into this. We've got uh, so we do have a little bit of news this week. Um, it's one of the off weeks. It's definitely an off week for Tiso with news. There's nothing, you know, extravagant, um, except for we actually. Well, you know what? Let's hold off. Let's hold off. It was a Sigic order week, that's for sure. And there was there was an article article, excuse me, put up over at uh, by Elder Scrolls Online called "Uncover the Secrets." Of the Sigic Order. Now, what accompanied this was the Join the Sigic Order trailer. Did you get a chance to watch that? I did. What did you think of that? It made it made me very excited to play the game. Yeah, I know, right? Man, every yeah. time I see those trailers and they talk about how ancient the world is, or that area is, you know, Artem, and just seeing all the architecture... Gosh, it makes me want to go play that ASAP. Yes. <laughs> I, ju- dude, I just caught myself today. I was having lunch, and it was uh, I was running dungeons, and I told the guys, dude, I got to eat. So give me 10 minutes. So I went over, sat down, turned on some YouTube while I was having my lunch. And I started watching some gameplay, which I knew that I shouldn't have done. I'm like, I, I really don't want to watch too much gameplay because I don't, I don't want anything spoiled at all. But I'm watching it, and it was like the top five things to know about the the new chapter. Right. So I'm watching it, and it. I turned it off immediately. I'm like, okay, this is too rad. It was actually the guy running around gameplay, and I was like, okay, done. Um, so I'm gonna try. And, I'm still gonna try and stick to that. I'm not going onto the PTS. I just want this to all be fresh and new because of all these little tidbits that we've th- we've seen the small trailers and such have just built that hype up for me and I want to ride that hype train as soon as I can for real. So oh, yeah, absolutely. yes, I'm excited. No, I'm not diving into any of the, uh, in, into too, too much of the stuff yet. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. Um, and I know in the past we've even talked, we've been hesitant about covering some of the factions that you're going to chit chat with in Somerset. And we may in the future, probably the ep- Probably the episode before Somerset comes out, we may actually go over that article and kind of prepare ourselves for what factions we'll we'll see or t- talk about. But yeah, man, I'm not watching really much of anything. I'm keeping it, dude. Like I'm trying not to <laughs> watch it. I don't want to know anything. I really. That's the thing with this. This is like this is. is I'm treating this like Avengers: Infinity War right now. Like I'm not not to break lore. I am a little sorry, but like. I don't want to know anything until I go and sit in that movie theater and experience it. Are you going to wear your That's cape? How I feel about Somerset. Maybe. All right. Just asking. <laughs> Maybe I'll do some LARP while I'm in there. <laughs> I bring my lightsaber when I go to Star Wars premieres. Who doesn't? 
We had a. I was just kidding. I was baiting you. Oh. What a dork. <laughs> so, uh, Lawrence Schick, the Elder Scrolls Online lore master in this article. Oh, just pause for his greatness, real quick. Oh my gosh. We're here. I just called you. I just called you a dork. Yeah. Right. I love this guy, Mister Schick. I'm not even. I don't call him Lawrence. That's rude. Do you think he uses uh, Schick razor blades? Do not disparage the lore master. <laughs> okay. He said, I uh, will crush you. He <laughs> says in the article, quote, The Sigic Order have stated that they are primarily interested in learning the fundamental basics of the world and universe, what holds it together, and what could threaten it. They, he goes on to say, They are dedicated to knowledge and study for its own ends, and to them, knowledge is its own reward. Unlike the Mages Guild, the Sidgics have little interest in teaching anybody anything, and they are not interested in taking an active role in Tamriel. When they did engage in the world, it was only in an ad- advisory capacity, and they withdrew even from that limited role when they disappeared. I wonder, and I kind of, really the whole point of this, us talking about this article is for discussion or to kind of try to, I guess, contemplate where the story is going to go. So when I read this it really makes the Sidgix sound very unactive in Tamriel and they're very to themselves and so it makes me wonder you know is the story going to take it to where it forces them to actually get involved or is it going to showcase you know their whole snooty attitude which was why uh, Galarian went and started the Mages Guild you know, it's just, I'm intrigued. Well, you know, it, you bring up an interesting point because even though Galarian used to be a Sigic, he and, and then he ended up forming the Mages Guild so that everybody could learn magic. The one thing that he did do is something that is shown here in what the Lore Master just said. The Sigic Order are only interested in learning about the fundamental basics of the world and the universe and blah, 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 and what could threaten it. So any threat to them, they may feel obligated to get involved in. But if you look at how the Mages Guild under Vanis Galarian has treated the Alliance War, they're completely impartial to the Alliance War. Like, we're not going to have anything to do with this. If anybody out there, you know, separate parties want to have something to do with it, that's fine. But as the Mages Guild, we will not take sides in this thing. The Sigic Order might not have a choice in taking sides in the threat that is hitting Somerset Isles because that's their home. Right. So at this point, they might they might not be seeing this as anything political. This may just be seen as survival and protection of their home. Right. So do I know how this is going to play out? No, I don't. But that is what I speculate as a budding lore learner. Lore seeker. Seeker Aha. type guy. See what yeah. you did. <laughs> uh, so yeah um, I'm intrigued I am very intrigued and I alright I I could just go on and on about it to be honest with you but so there if you want to read this article it kind of Lawrence kind of gives you an overview um, really it leaves you with more questions which is good because you know you're like oh my gosh what's it going to be What instead of just speculating where's the story going to go but um, so there's that um, 
there's a second story, a story that was put out, and it's the one that we really, the main piece of news. And this was Master Time with the Sigic Order skill line. And now this is important because for the first time since um, all the news was put out by various um, content creators that visited Zoss, this is the first time that we've actually have had this amount of confirmation when it comes to the Sigic Order skill line abilities. And really, the main piece of news here is the morphs. We've talked about a lot of these uh, abilities before, but we haven't talked about these morphs. We kind of speculated them, uh, about them in our Somerset episode, and I think even the episode afterwards. But um, So we're going to kind of go through these here real quick, and uh, we'll give you a quick a quick overview of the ability and then we'll kind of go through these morphs here so the first one is time we could, stop we could make it we could make it quick if you want yeah we can make it quick so we got <laughs> we got we got let's <laughs> see what you did you jerk so we got time stop uh for those of you who don't remember this uh freezes the passage of time at the targeted location gradually reducing the movement speed of enemies in the area during the cast before finally stunning them in place when the cast completes. Now, we learned that this actually morphs into one of two things. One, borrowed time. Which enemies that are stunned have their next heal completely negated for a few seconds. Whoa. Or Whoa. time freeze. Removes the cast time, but it takes longer to stun enemies. Dude, negating heals? Wow. Ooh, healer doesn't like that. Right? Man, like Healer they, doesn't like that at all. I feel like they put that skill in there, like that morph thinking, you know what, let's really mix up PvP. Or even raids. That could be that could be big. Well no, it wouldn't really affect you in raids, but yeah. Like I I jeez, that's dude. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Uh imbue weapon, imbues your weapon with power, causing the next light attack to deal additional physical damage. That morphs into elemental weapon, which converts it into a magic ability and deals magic damage. It also applies a random element uh, elemental status effect. Or crushing weapon which will probably be the one we go and spec into, would be heals you for a percentage of the damage done. I like that one. Mm -hmm. I do too. Um, I wonder if that would benefit... That would probably benefit a lot of casters, don't you think? Heals you for the damage. damage, Especially if you're like a DPS Sork. Yeah, I mean, from a distance, yeah. But I wonder if there's a range on it? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's valid. If you I mean if you're far away lobbing spells, is it still going to gonna hit for you? But mm. look, I don't know. We also got meditate uh, focuses your body and mind into a meditative state, healing and restoring magic and stamina every second. I remember that one from last time. Uh, the morphs are deep thoughts, which increases Jack Handy. the amount of magic and stamina restored. And then introspection, uh, which is maintaining the channel, gradually increasing the amount of health restored. So meditate. This one is channeled. I wonder if you have to be standing in one spot. I'm going to go with the yes. Well, sounds like it. Because you would think that they'd let you 
morph it into works while you're on the move. But no, they give you deep thoughts. Increases the amount of magic and stamina restored. And then introspection. Well, I kind of feel like... Gradually. I mean, like, I kind of feel like... um, there was a video of some sort. Um, I don't know uh, when this was. Maybe maybe I'm just dreaming this up. But I feel like there was a video at some point that showcased, like, yeah, it was being channeled, but you were able to move. Hmm. So We shall find out. Because I'm definitely taking this one, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, this one I really like. This one really intrigued me. Accelerate. So it bends time and space around you to gain major expedition and minor force. Increasing your movement speed and critical damage. Now, the two morphs are channeled acceleration, which triples the duration, but adds a cast time, and then race against time, which reduces the cost of sprint. I look forward to seeing how that plays out. And again, this kind of reminds me, you know, I kind of go back to PvP for a lot of this skill line, but I'm interested to see where that one goes. Particularly the channel looks. Yeah, that one looks. That one looks like it's going to be a maybe a melee DPS Mm -hmm. skill, right? I agree. We also have uh, mend wounds, which invokes the rights of Moita, replacing your next light or heavy attack used with healing abilities that can be used on allies. Your light attacks heal for over ten seconds, and your heavy attack heals every one second while channeling. Now, that's a new one. We haven't talked on the show yet about that. Yeah. Yeah, so that one looks like it's going to it's gonna increase healing the next time you use light or heavy attack. Yeah, and then I like the, uh, the Morph's Min Spirit, which grants the ally major resolve and major ward while you heal them. Or Symbiosis, you heal yourself percentage of, a, of the amount the ally is healed for. Man. I like that. Yep, you and a friend. Nice. I like, I likey, likey, likey. And then the alt. This is the last part. The Sigix alt is officially undo. At least it is for now. <laughs> um, you, for those of you who don't remember, you step backwards in time, resetting your health, magicka, stamina, and position to what they were a few seconds ago. Now the morphs for that this are pretty interesting. You got precognition. You can cast this morph while crowd-controlled and will automatically gain crowd-control immunity. That's a big one. That's that's a PvP one right there. That's good stuff. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting skill to see how this works in the group setting. Mm-hmm. Because is this going to... When you rewind time, is that going to do it just for your character? Or is it going to do it for the people in your group, the people around you, for your entire raid? That's what I'm interested in seeing, and no, I'm not going to go figure it out yet. I'll find that out in late May. Uh, pretty confident it's just you, but that being said, <laughs> we've, we've did, I, did I do a dum-dum? I did a dum-dum, didn't I? It's okay. It's all right. Okay. It's that weirdo drink you ordered at the beginning. Yeah, it's really thick. It's got like sugary steps to... Why would you ever... Yeah. So we've also got Temporal Guard. This one, I feel like... I want to try this. I want to see... I want to see what this does for my Sork. All you have to do is have it slotted. 
and while it's slotted, you gain minor protection, reducing your damage taken. Now, I wonder if that would be more viable for vampires, particularly with the whole fire thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, because fire damage hurts. Fire is bad. Fire. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still stuck on the who's this good for? What happens if you're a healer? And you drop this thing, and somebody had already died. That person stays dead, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, wait. You right? mean... Oh, crap. Now I'm all confused. <laughs> I know. I do this sometimes. <laughs> but it's not its not hard to confuse you. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Us. Them. Yeah. Poor noobs. So, uh, she's... She's here. Do you know how long I've been looking Wh for you? Whoa. What the heck? Excuse man? me, dude. That's it. Just hey, what excuse me for this. Why is she you need here? to hang on one second. I am Why sick. She don't. I'm sick of this. Don't. No. Yes. Don't. Nope. No. Sorry. We're in I'm the doing open. It. We're I'm in doing the it. open. <sighs> okay, you know what, buddy? That felt really good. I am so sick of that woman following me. Everywhere we go, it's about... Wait a minute. There's people in here, isn't there? Dude. Do you what think they saw that? did you do? I murdered Stuga. We're in the open. I know. You turned Stuga into a burnt lump, lump of orc. Do you blame me? You know, bro. Everywhere, I wasn't ready for Orsinium. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't ready, but she was incessant. This needed to be done. And no, I don't think anybody saw it. Just look around. Don't say anything. Nobody knows. Nope. Okay. I don't have. I don't have a bounty. I. <laughs> you know what? Now that you look, at, now that you bring that up, I don't see any guards around here either. Oh, you huh. know what? She drops. She dropped some loot. What do you mean she dropped loot? She dropped loot. Hang on. Oh, she dropped a book. This looks very lorish, by the way. Let me look what's here. A, what's it? Uh, what's it? What? Oh, there's a note in here. What do you mean there's a and, note? Uh, apparently, she wasn't asking about Orsinium. Let's see, Lorsigers. Mine, I have to check, and there's some information on the snow elves. I'd like to see if you could look into this for me. Sincerely, your friend Stuga. Uh-oh. She had nothing to do with Orsinium this time, dude. She wanted us to talk about the snow elves. So what you're telling me Crap. is Stuga, for the first time in four years, has actually had something valid to say to us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Good looks time. like we're going to be talking uh, talking about snow elves here for the next few minutes. Apparently, I'll tell you what, buddy. I will start an impromptu lore lesson on snow elves if you go drag her corpse somewhere else. All right, stand by. Be right back. Go ahead. Copy that. Okay. So deflection time, my friends. It looks as if there are some. Oh, she smells terrible. Just do it. Gosh. All the people he's murdered, you think he couldn't handle one body. 
So anyway, we have heard quite a bit of chatter out there about the snow elves. Apparently, Stuga's heard it too. She is interested in the history of the snow elves. So in lieu of our ESO 101 tonight, we are going to talk a little bit about the snow elves. Uh, Been a lot of chatter about it. So have a seat. Enjoy. We have done quite a bit of research on the snow elves. They are quite mysterious, but uh, they do have kind of a jaded history. And we're going to share it with you tonight. So the snow elves, sometimes called ice elves, were basically a race of elves who inhabited the region of Skyrim in the past. So their actual story for hundreds of years has been researched and talked about and is incredibly intriguing. It's very mysterious and it also has a lot of ties to betrayal. So I want to cover that for you guys tonight. The snow elves who are not very much unlike the Dunmer, the Altmer and the Bosmer, they are descendants of the ancient Aldmer. So although the dark elves and the wood elves slowly kind of altered themselves following the ancient Aldmer customs and traditions. They really didn't like to follow those too much. The snow elves really kept a lot of that rich culture close to their heart. They were very rich, very prosperous society. They were living in the region of Skyrim pretty much since the Merethic era. They were actually the first race of myrrh in Skyrim, even known to predate the Dwemer, who were also known to be in the region. Um, they, they maintained that they were relatively unchallenged until the appearance of really the first Atmorans who landed on their shores. So Atmorans, you remember when we talked about the Nords, the Atmorans are the ancient Nords that came from Atmora. So this is kind of, kind of, one, kind of what went down in between the Nords and the Snow Elves. It kind of all manifested in something called the Night of Tears. So at first, when Isgrimor and the early Nord settlers from Atmora landed, they lived in relative peace in the area of Skyrim amongst the Snow Elves. They were fine at the beginning. But as many races do, conflicts soon started to arise between the two races. Now this is where the speculation starts as to what the true reasons were behind the Snow Elves and their sudden disdain for the Nords. So this disdain really manifested itself. I mean, the Nords truly found out that there was a lot of conflict between the two on during a surprise attack. One night, the Night of Tears took place. So on this night, the Snow Elves launched a unprovoked, incredibly savage attack on the Nord settlement at Sarthal. And we also did talk about this before, when we talked about Skyrim and how the remnants of Sarthal are still in the game. So the raid on this settlement destroyed nearly the entire population of Nords, except for Isgrimor and his two sons. They were able to escape and flee back to Atmora by sea. So the Snow Elves, even though they savagely raised the city, they they turned the entire thing into rubble. So the reason that there's speculation, there's a lot of reasoning behind the speculation for this attack. Two reasons. 
The first reason is that many believe the Nord's quick expansion into the region of Skyrim and then control over land and resources was seen as a threat to the Snow Elves. The Snow Elves saw a dim future for themselves and their own kind, and in order to call that threat, they decided to end the expansion once and for all. So this is speculated as to one of the reasons why the Snow Elves attacked the Nords. The second reason, I be- myself, I believe this is probably a little bit more believable reason, is that the Snow Elves attacked because the settlement at Sarthal was built over a source of great power in the form of an artifact called the Eye of Magnus. So in an effort to retrieve the source of power for their own purposes, the Snow Elves attacked and uh, the attack at Sarthal was launched and completed and Sarthal was raised to the ground. All the Nords were killed except for Isgrimor and his sons. So whatever the reason for the attack, um, it eventually, in the end, will prove very disastrous for the Wood Elves and we will get there. So Isgrimor and his sons made it home to Atmora. They had severe physical, emotional wounds from, from the, uh, the loss of their people. To put it blatantly, they were really ticked off. They wanted revenge on the Snow Elves like it was nobody's business. So they had this renewed bloodlust. They subsequently, Isgrimor, subsequently raised an army. He picked, or was granted actually, um, 500 of the strongest soldiers in Atmora. These 500 were called the 500 Companions. So Isgrimor returned with these 500 companions to Skyrim to confront and attack the Snow Elves. So when he returned, this was really the beginning of the revenge for his brethren. Over the next several years, the Nords would fiercely chip away at the Snow Elves, skirmish after skirmish, battle after battle, eventually defeating and scattering them all across the territory. So now you have Snow Elves that were taken completely by surprise They were not on a war footing. They're completely spread. And eventually, they were defeated. So the final battle against the Nords, this was called the Battle of Mosring. This took place on the island of Solstheim. That was an island where the Snow Elves had retreated for safe harbor. But the Nords followed them there. And it wasn't until the Snow Elves' leader, known as the Snow Prince, was slain And that really broke the little remaining hope that the Snow Elves had. So they were broken. They had no more will to fight. They were subsequently hunted down by the thousands. I mean, we're talking 500 Nords hunting down just no will, no fight left in the Snow Elves. And the Nords hunted them down and slaughtered as many as they could get, decimating much of the population of the Snow Elves. So physically and emotionally, the Snow Elves... This is where it gets interesting, my friends. They turned to their elven cousins, the Dwemer, for assistance. So the Dwemer said, fine, we'll grant you refuge. You can come to our underground territories, but it's going to come at a very, very high price. And this is where the betrayal comes in. So in return for the safe harbor of the remaining snow elves, which it wasn't that much at that point. Comparatively, they were tricked by the Dwemer into consuming toxic plants in order to live underground. 
What the snow elves didn't realize is that the toxic plant they were consuming, which was found in Blackreach, would eventually destroy their site. And it took generations for this to happen. But eventually, the snow elven population was rendered blind. So now you have a bunch of refugee snow elves over generations who are blind. So the Dwemer forced them into slavery. So although there were there were several pockets of snow elves that did revolt, but they were blind, they were weak. So most of the ones who the rebellious ones, the rebellious leaders, were hunted down and killed, or just mysteriously they disappeared. Which, yeah, y'all kind of can figure out what happened there. So as I dove into research for this a little bit, I I watched a couple videos and read some stuff. It was very interesting one point that uh, that was gone over, and I thought, you know, that really makes a lot of sense. It is speculated that the Dwemer tricked and enslaved the Snow Elves to hold them as a potential source of power for their machinations. All the machines that they make, their entire infrastructure, runs on soul stones. So by trapping the souls of the Snow Elves, it eventually would assure the operation of the underground infrastructure and all of its defenses. So you wonder why all those things still continue long after the Dwemer have died and disappeared, you wonder why those things still continue to run. It's because they operate on soul gems. So could it be that a lot of the snow elves powered those soul gems? I thought that was kind of a really cool thought. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, let me tell you. She was heavy to pull all the way. Sorry. Whew. Yeah. She's an orc. Breath. She's, she's thick. <sighs> All right. Holes buried. Bodies covered. We're good. How's it going? You are. You're a good friend. Oh, we're talking about snow elves. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll key you in later. Carry on. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk. Okay. So now you have a bunch of snow elves who are blind, weakened, enslaved by the Dwemer. So years passed, and the enslaved snow elves started to adapt to this life of blindness that they had. Eventually, over time, they uh, can't even say they evolved. They devolved into these twisted, degenerate creatures known as the Falmer. If you played Skyrim or a lot of the other Elder Scrolls games, you've run into these characters, uh, this species of Falmer, underground, blind, but they still hold a a pretty good form of intelligence. I mean, they're you know they can make armor, they have their own society, um, right. they're just you know not what they used to be. So the history of the snow elves really was lost and they were transformed into this primal race. The snow elves no longer had a hope, no longer had a culture. They were lost. They were betrayed by their own elven cousins, which sucks. I mean, it makes me hate the Dwemer. I'm like, really? Um, but really they were gone. So some still speculate as to whether or not the snow elves actually agreed to the Dwemer's terms or if it was just blatant trickery that caused their, their demise, is kind of still debated. Hmm. So, eventually, as you know, we're not really going to cover too much of it now, but uh, the the Dwemer, who had their own conflicts with, with the Chimer, would experience probably the most mysterious demise of a race that Tamriel has ever known. So we will talk about it at a later time. We will cover the Dwemer, but... Really, when the Dwemer disappeared, it subsequently freed the Falmer of their enslavement, 
but for their race, it was too late. So mostly all the remnants of, the, of their snow elven physiology and culture were gone. Interestingly enough, though, not all snow elves fell into the trickery and demise um, of the Dwemer. Some were able to escape, although it wasn't really a significant number. And what is known of these few surviving snow elves, they really had to go into hiding. They just led a life of isolation and seclusion. So you, you do see a little bit more of, you know, like the last snow elf and stuff in some of the games, and actually in Skyrim. But um, for the most part, the snow elves are gone. So kind of Isn't that, a sad demise. Yeah, you know what? It's funny because we've, we've had a lot of requests for the snow elves, and that's the reason why we, we wanted to bring it into the show at some point. And it just happened to work out today. Um, you know, it, and that was the vibe. That's what people were saying a lot lot of was you know how sad it it was for them and i i had no, i knew nothing about the snow elves until until this whole thing and man i got, i tell you what that's lost all hope lost all pretty much just d- desire for life in general at least what they had i mean like Huh. Now, see, that's that brings up the question of it makes me want to know on what grounds does a race devolve in Tamriel. You know what I mean? Like, what does it yeah. take? Well, it takes getting having hiding underground and having mushrooms shoved down your throat. <laughs> I mean, look, I like mushrooms, but they always say don't eat wild mushrooms, and they're like, oh, "Thanks for letting us hide here." Oh, oh, dinner. <laughs> I'm thinking, dude. Yeah. Then again, you know, it's it's sad to see the demise of the snow elves because they were such an awesome race. They really were. But at the same time, did they not bring this upon themselves? Yeah. When they did that to the Nords? Yeah. You know, you know, the Nords are they're just trying to immigrate. They're trying to survive. They lived in relative harmony with each other for a while. And whether or not it was you know, the race for land grab or the control of resources or their own greed and wanting an artifact of power. Still, they unprovoked, how would you say that? Unprovokedly, because that's my new word today, attacked the Nords (laughs) in the middle of the night and killed everything and raised their city. Yeah. So you know what? You deserve it. Yeah. Go to the table, talk about stuff, intermingle with people, you know, give everybody a chance to live. Is but, it, oh, no, it, they decide to attack. Well, you know what? You made your own bet. Isn't it funny how the tables turned and it was on them this time and they had no idea? Like, the trickery of their attack was the fact they did it at night. Knew, nobody knew it was coming. It was sudden. It was out of nowhere. Trickery of the dream, Dweamer was, <laughs> like, that was like the long con, man. Like... Decades, generations, right. were sucking down and, those mushrooms. You know what's funny too? Coincidentally, the um, the last, the last where they lost their hope, where the, where the uh, snow elves lost their hope at that last battle on Solstheim Island, um, when their snow prince was killed, he was actually killed by a Nord, um, a child. She was so grief-stricken over the death of her mother 
that she picked up a sword and hurled it at the snow prince and caught him in the chest plate and killed him. Wow. I mean, you ima- just imagine that picture in your, in your, in your mind right. of a young girl just so grief stricken over the loss of her mother that she just picks up, picks up the sword and just hucks it at him and just nailed it. Single-handedly finished the right. hope of the snow elves. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. I know. Wow. I was, when I read that, I was like, whoa, that's pretty powerful. Because wow, I could see, totally see my kid doing that. She'd be ticked, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell think. you what. I, I put this on Twitter. I know this is a long shot, and, you know, you never say never in life, but, you know, I, I, I this could be close to saying never. It's stuff like this. It's stories like this that I want to see novelized. And I want to see them written by Drew Carpishan. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Or R.A. Salvatore. Yeah. That too. Yeah. That too. I just, too. I, and just in general, like, I, I want to read official novels by Tiso. I mean, you can, some, a lot of games will do it a little bit younger in the MMO's lifespan, but you know what, man? I, I, I challenge that because I really think this game's in a, in a great place. The, the community, the hype around it. Man, I would love to see some novels written. No, Have no we talked about this? Them. No. Have we talked about this? Okay, no. so I, I want to echo what you're saying because you're absolutely right. There there are two, there are two novels for the oh, Elder Scrolls yeah. series. Yeah. Um, they're okay. I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not the best writing. They are entertaining, but they're... they're I mean, look at the lore that we cover every week. There is yeah. so much world to write about. Yeah. I, it blows me away that there's not a huge series. Yeah. I mean, it, look at yeah. a lot of the other games. There's there's books for The Witcher. There are tons of books for World of Warcraft. Obviously, tons of books for Star Wars. Um, but there are other games out there that have a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Elder Scrolls not to have one, I don't understand why there's not storytelling going on. Especially so. the, especially Gosh. with this game being the focus. And this isn't a criticism. This is uh, two passionate dudes who want to read books about what they love. Yeah. This Please, is, yeah. I mean, th- this is, this IP is in- incredibly rich with lore and story. I mean, this... Man, that's uh, that's something because there's a lot of times, and I found this too with you know with the whole, and I know we'll talk about it probably more later. But the you know the official Lore Seekers Guild that launched a couple weeks ago, which has been insane. But the there's sometimes where I don't want to be in game, but I want to be in Tamriel. You know, I want to be at least in that sense, whether even if it's just in my own mind. So I hopped on the RP Creative Writing Channel in Discord, and totally had a setting that we were in a tavern and just an RP experience where I with a couple guild members and it was hilarious it was fun it was it was um, I found myself getting lost in that moment you know just as if I was in Tamriel and I know it sounds cheesy but there are times when I want to be in the game without be in the world without being in the game, you know. When you're ta- when maybe it's like you're you're just chilling, whatever it is you're doing, 
but you want to be in the world, you know? And Jibs. Yeah. Buddy. What? You are you RP'd your pants. I RP'd my pants. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. Yep. I did. It, 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 it is amazing. The RP community is pretty amazing. And I, I will tell you this. There are some RPers out there with the things that they write that could absolutely write novels. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's there. It's it's there in the community, yeah. let alone in a, in a professional author. I just, but you could yeah. tell that story. You could tell the story of somebody who lived the plight of the snow elves. Yeah. You know what I mean? How cool would that be? Yeah, even if you There's wanted to keep so it... Many. Even if you want to keep it current in the game, I tell you what, there is... I want to know... Remember the Viking warrior from the trailer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I want that story. Even if it's the backstory that leads up to him pretty much looks like he's in Cold Harbor by the end of it. I want to know those... Like, even the Breton and the High Elf. You know, like... The, the, this game is so primed and ready for novels... It, it, just because that's a market that it can touch, that it can reach, that'll pull people in that that may not even play the game. That may introduce oh, yeah. them to Elder Scrolls. Absolutely, you know? and and release you know releasing content before they release the game content. You know, release a book or a novella, something before they drop content in the game. Yeah, you, you know what content I want to see. Hmm. You remember you talked about the Nord from from the launch video. Yeah. Remember the high elf from the launch video? Yeah. I want to see the story of how she meets Cash the Lore Seeker, and then they get married, and then they have babies. I want that story. Coin it. Copyright it. Print it. Oh, my gosh. What? What's so weird about that? Oh, nothing. Not at all. You know, what else clearly isn't weird is this guy's showing up every freaking episode. Every time we decide we're going to have a lore lesson, Junior here shows up. What? Enter my mind, Vestige, and walk with me through the shadows of past events. We're doing the Khajiit today, baby. We're back with another lore lesson. Yeah. The prophet came a long way just to get us to do this lore lesson. Poor guy's got bad hips. <laughs> See that gimpy leg he's got? Have a seat, prophet. But I'll tell you what, oh, don't God. have the moon sugar. Because it might make you kill people. I think that's what happened to me a little earlier in the show. We don't know. Nope. It did not happen. Yep. Nope. Let's talk about the kitty cats. Meow. Hmm. Let's see if I can do the whole lore lesson in Kajiti tone. Not going to happen. Would be funny, though, but we're not going to do it. <laughs> Let's talk Kajits. They are really cool. And this was one of the longer lore lessons, believe it or not, too, because uh, it turns out that the Kajit are pretty complicated to end up the way they end up. So let's talk about it. Okay. Everybody loves the favorite cat race, hailing from the land of elsewhere. One of the most loved races in all of Tamriel, the Khajiit. Uh, they're very well known for their agile frames, very high intelligence, making them 
incredible at feats of physicality, very renowned thieves and warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Khajiit have a very unique speech craft, which is also revered and loathed, making these feline beings excellent in commerce and trading. However, mm-hmm. many consider them untrustworthy. Yes, people think that they're untrustworthy. They're incredibly racist towards Khajiit. <laughs> kind of sad but kind of hilarious at the same time and you see it all over this game it is really pretty darn funny there's actually a pretty funny quest line in Crotwood that uh details it a little bit there is a guard that is giving a particular khajiit a really hard time because she thinks he's a thief turns out he's a freaking thief so it's pretty damn funny <laughs> anyway <laughs> that's awesome so Khajiit are very similar to modern felines in almost every way, except that they stand upright and can talk. Uh, they're covered with fur, they have tails, uh, and seemingly a very foreign appearance and behavior that has made them a common target of that racial discrimination all across Tamriel. They are considered one of the beast races of Tamriel along with the Argonians. I got a little fun fact for you coming up to here in a second regarding the beast race. Uh, the Khajiit have a lifespan similar to that of a human. Mm-hmm. And although it has been rumored, there are no documented cases of successful crossbreeding between Khajiit and other races, although it does happen. Ooh. Ooh. Well, dude, fur is warm. Khajiit and Argonian. Just going to leave it at that. Think about it. Just going to leave it at that. And a, a lizard and a cat. Now, having had reptiles in the past, <laughs> IRL, and having cats now, IRL, that makes me want to vomit just a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to get into the genitalia of a reptile. Oh, nope. Nope. But it's different. Nope. <laughs> if you don't believe me, Go to the go- the Google archives. Go to the. I was like, where do you where are you going to take this? <laughs> go to the Google archives. Don't Google it. it <laughs> yeah. All I got to say is one word, and that word is hemipene. Have at it. Okay, let's continue. Fun fact. Goes to Google. There is another race included in the beast races of Tamriel. This one is not very much not very spoken of at all, and I have not seen any in any game. But the Imga are native beast folk of Valenwood. They're a very intelligent race of apes said to have flourished in Valenwood long before the time of the Aldmer. Interestingly enough, the Imga are nowhere to be found during the time of Elder Scrolls Online. In fact, they were said to have disappeared from Valenwood in the second era year 582 because they chose to wait out the end of the Alliance War. So you want to talk about intelligent... Hmm. That's intelligent. Mm-hmm. So the events of ESO take place in the second era 583, which is one year after the Imga supposedly disappeared. So they like, up oh, ESO's coming out. We're out of here. And they bailed. <laughs> I'm sure that was a thought process. <laughs> hey, dudes, no, pre-orders are out. Let's get it. It's just, it's it's funny reading the wikis of these things sometimes, and you put these parallels together, but... Yeah, this beast race of apes and ape people in Tamriel, incredibly intelligent, 
wanted nothing to do with the Alliance War, so they bailed out of Valenwood and friggin' disappeared a year before the events of VSO take place. I'm like, that is cool. I would have never found that unless I was researching stuff. Nope, who knows that stuff? The Lore Master knows. I was going to say, the Lore Master knows. I don't. The Lore Seekers don't know. We need to read. So anyway, we just missed them. thought that was kind of cool. Huh. Okay, if you followed our clues for this evening, we mentioned in our clues to where we were at. By the way, we might as well just let it out of the bag. We've been found already tonight. We are at Canarthi's Roost. A lot of friggin' people found us tonight. I have never seen so many people. I love it. I think it's hilarious. We're we're in Canarthi's Roost. Um, We've been found by Witcher Girl, Big Tuna, Sammy Genie, Tim. Jeez, dude. Stucker. Genevieve. Morgus, Artemis, and the real Jay Clark. If we missed anybody, I really apologize. I've been eating moon sugar. Okay? Alright then. So anyway, let's get back to it. If you if you followed our clue tonight, we mentioned Masser and Secunda. What is Masser and Secunda? Well, if you look up at night, the moons of Nern are Masser and Secunda. Um, these two moons are incredibly revered by the Kajidi culture. Because the cycles of of these moons play a very large part in the formation and birth of the feline race. Jibs, you're going to find this stuff very, very, very interesting. Especially being the new owner of a Khajiit. Mm. We'll get there in a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about their history and religion. Okay. So the Khajiit home of elsewhere in the first era consisted of a total of 16 kingdoms of various Khajiit breeds that all lived in relative, quote-unquote, harmony with each other. I have a sip of moon sugar milk. Oh, murderous rage coming out. Okay. <laughs> so late in the first era, however, the Slode, which is a, slug, a slug-like race from Thross. This is southwest of Tamriel, little island southwest of Tamriel. There are slugs on that island called the Slode. If you paid any attention to the Somerset stuff, we will see the Slode in yep. Somerset. Thought yep. that was cool. And the truck. So anyway, yes. So this slug-like race called the Slode created the Thracian Plague. This is way back in the first era. This Thracian Plague was a massive artificially created pandemic that killed a large portion of the population on Tamriel. So because of this plague... The 16 Kajidi kingdoms and elsewhere were dwindled down to two primary kingdoms that were left. So these two kingdoms suffered a huge class struggle during this time. And then eventually they made peace by allowing each, uh, like each Kajidi society, each Kajidi society were allowed a turn at governing the entire region of elsewhere. That sounds like a terrible idea to me. Like, oh, Right. We screwed it up. Your turn. Fix it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like modern times in America. I'm going to leave it at that. All right. <laughs> during the third era. <laughs> uh, during the third era, the Kajidi feuded uh, with the Bosmer during the five-year war. This dispute took place due to... Inc- this is so stupid, too. This feud between the Wood Elves and the Kajit took place... Because of increasing Kajidi bandit raids 
on Bosmer Wood Supply Caravans in Valenwood. The friggin' cats were trying to steal the Wood Elves' imported wood. Let us not forget that Bosmer cannot use any wood within Valenwood. Everything has to be imported. Right. Because of the Green Pact. So the kitty cats, the sneaky little kitty cats, thought it would be a good idea to start raiding the Bosmer (laughs) for their wood supply caravans in Valenwood. This is like the dumbest reason for a war. (laughs) Anyway. You took the Bosmer. In the morning. Uh, <laughs> hate mail. Cue the hate mail. Anyways, the Bosmer retaliated. They're not going to have it. They raided the city of Torval, which is the capital of elsewhere, sparking the five-year war. Here's the kicker, though. The kitty cats were the clear victors in that war. They stomped the wood elves. So, sorry, little guys. Don't challenge me, bro, when I'm taking you, the wood. <laughs> should have just given up the wood. <laughs> should have passed off the two-by-fours, bro. Okay, so a little bit about the fourth era. Um, the very highly... This one is very interesting, by the way, this part. In the fourth era, the highly revered moons of Nern, Master and Secunda, vanished from Nern. Gone. So, of course, the Kajidi, who base a lot of their culture on Master and Secunda on these two moons, they friggin' flipped out. Like, what the hell is happening? The world is coming to an end. What do we do? Well, the strife that it created among the Khajiit, they were reaching out for anything to make it go away. Well, two years later, the moons reappear. The Falmor, of course, because Altmer are smart. And incredibly conniving. The Thalmor announced that they had used magic to restore Masser and Secunda. So from that point on, the Khajiit praised the Thalmor as their saviors. <laughs> and they were a little less defensive when the Thalmor moved their military in and claimed a military takeover of uh, Elsewhere's Imperial government. <laughs> Dude, they are not very smart, I- man. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm reading this. I am lolling the entire time just going, I have to make a Khajiit. I have to make a Khajiit. It's so not smart, dude. It's awesome. Oh. Okay, so, all right, here's the boring part. Let's talk about the Khajiit's religion. It's based around the Khajiit religious pantheon and a ton of revered gods. Um, and it's funny how they take... They kind of mix the names around a little bit of the um, of some of the other revered gods across Tamriel, um, and they add in kind of some of their own stuff. As mm-hmm. as their time had progressed, they kind of had their own take on who these gods were. So, Alkosh, the god of time, by the Kajidi, is known as the Dragon King of Cats. <laughs> yes, and this continues <laughs> to go on. It's pretty funny. So Azura, the goddess of dusk and dawn, that one makes sense because of their yeah. um, their close following of the moon cycles. Uh, Bandar, the pariah, is the personification of Kajiti cleverness. Ah, the Kajiti are very clever. This one knows it. Hmm. Uh, then there's Kanarthi, the goddess of the winds. There's Jode, the big moon god. 
There's Joan. Or is it Jone? Joni. Joan. Anyway, one of those three is the little moon god. There's Lorkaj. Lorkaj is the moon beast. See how these are all kind of sound very kitty cattish? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mara, the goddess of love. The Khajiit know her as the mother cat. Mm-hmm. Dude. I love them. Dude, Dude, they're funny. It's like a comical race. I love it. Right? Yes. So now there's uh, there's Mehrunes, spelt differently than Mehrunes Dagon, but the same guy. Mehrunes Jakajit. Comparable to Mehrunes Dagon is a young god of cat-like form. Thought that was interesting. Um, Rajin. If any of you have done some questing in Tamriel in ESO, this name might sound familiar. Rajin is the footpad and the silent walker. Thieves Guild. Um, he's the thief god and the most infamous burglar in Elsewhere's history. That one I thought was awesome. That mm-hmm. dude was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Riddlethar. He is the two moons known for the two moons dance and the sugar god. That made me laugh. Dude. <laughs> well, sugar is highly revered by Khajiit. So, and, we, and we'll, we'll get there when we talk a little, a little bit about Khajiiti society. Uh, Srendar, S-R, Srendar, the god of mercy. The Khajiiti know him as the runt. Okay. Uh, there's a story behind that. There's an entire novel behind that. Mm. Somebody just needs to write it. Mm-hmm. And then, Shagorath. Not Sheagorath. Shagorath. The god of madness, the Khajiiti know him as the Skuma Cat. <laughs> Dude, it's so cool. It's funny. This is so incredibly opposite of the Snow Elves. It's very, very opposite of the Snow Elves. I'm actually glad that I had the moon sugar and a little bit of beer before I'm covering the Khajiit because they're they're really. It's such a funny, funny race, you know. But yeah. still, I mean, they're they're BA in their own right, but still pretty funny race. So let's talk a little bit about Kajiti society. The main is known in Kajiti society as like the unofficial head of state. He's called the main. So tradition holds that only one main may be alive at any one time. And there's never been an, an instance of multiple mains contending for power. So this is kind of like just, he's kind of like a pantheon, but he's a more, he's a mortal walking Khajiit. He's just kind of in charge of all the stuff. Yeah. And this further breaks down a little bit as we continue to talk. So much of Kajiti society revolves around the exportation of saltries, and then the big one is moon sugar. So as you know, moon sugar is a big uh, ingredient in skooma. So Kajit are very adamant about we don't manufacture skooma. We manufacture moon sugar and whatever anybody else does with it is their business. So it's kind of like somebody providing the pseudoephedrine to the meth to the the meth makers, right? And just go, well, I don't know, I just gave him the stuff. Whatever he does with it is up to him. <laughs> kind of yeah. sneaky in a way. So anyway, there's that. So much of the commerce between this uh, the salt trees and the moon sugar is controlled by Kajiti clan mothers. And that's where there's that further breakdown uh, past the main. So these Kajiti clan mothers 
are very mysteriously revered figures of Kajidi society who operate independently from the main, disseminating cultural myths among their kind. So if you remember back to the Bosmer, how the Bosmer had the spinners who kind of spoke in riddles. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they, they did a lot of consulting. Uh, they were like the elders. It kind of reciprocates here with the Kajidi clan mothers. If you can kind of understand them. You're right. smart people. I'm sure you understand. Okay. So, um, these clan mothers control the harvesting and refining of the moon sugar, and they're seen as very, very highly influential in Kajiti society. So, let's talk about moon sugar a little bit. Moon sugar, which is outstanding in coffee and cream, is referred to as crystallized moonlight. It's found in the waters of the Topal Sea and washed into sugarcane groves by the tides. So, by consuming moon sugar, moon sugar. Khajiit believe that they're consuming a portion of the eternal souls of the moon gods, Jonah and Jode. The substance drives them into fits of ecstasy uh, and could spark fits of murder and rage and <laughs> abandon. Uh, okay, wait, let's say that again. So the substance drive the, drives them into fits of ecstasy and abandon and is highly addictive. And remember, this is just a portion of skooma. So you can imagine how gnarly skooma is once it's refined and made into skooma. Right. It's pretty much the Tamrielic version of heroin, which is right. freaking awful, and I won't get into that. So, okay, so it's not a, really uncommon to see many Khajiit experiencing sugar fits, I laughed at that, on the streets of elsewhere's major cities, because they're all consuming moon sugar, because moon sugar is apparently awesome. So moon sugar being the, the main export of elsewhere is smuggled out in raw and refined forms. The substance supports a very, very healthy black market network and is known to be the reason for most Kajiti having a notorious craving for sweets. <laughs> okay. See, it's funny. It's funny because they're fat. <laughs> Movie, anybody? No? Okay, we'll move on. So because of the racial inequality experienced by most Khajiit, man, this came up the other night, or last night too, when we were talking about this in Guild Jet. Khajiit have experienced some severe racial inequality. And because of this, they have a natural worry about being kidnapped and sold into slavery, which has happened several times in the past to these poor kitty cats. So due to this fear, most Khajiit take self-defense and personal protection very, very seriously. Many have learned to use their razor-sharp retractable claws as weapons in various forms of martial arts. I'm like, that is cool. I was going to say, there, there you go. Yes, yeah, so many have also mastered the use of the saber, the scimitar, the dagger, and the bow. So when I read this, somebody had brought this, I think it was Artemis had brought this up. Gosh, wouldn't it be cool if we had a monk class in oh. Elder Scrolls? Oh, And I'm that's... thinking... Yeah. And, and that makes unarmed. more sense. Yes, I think what sparked this is she, Artemis ran a dungeon. Artemis is one of our guildies, super sweet girl. Shout out to Artemis. Um, she ran a dungeon last night with a pug, and apparently the tank was not using any weapons. He was using his fists. So it took forever, I guess, <laughs> to take things down. So <laughs> she brought it up. Well, they should just have a monk class. That'd be cool. And then I got to talking. Oh my gosh, I just researched this. Yes, it would be awesome. And it would play right into Kajiti lore. So there's that. that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. That would be the coolest thing. So mm. anyway. 
And you'd call it something else if you don't want to call it Monk, because we don't want to copy another game. But I mean, Monk is kind of a thing in high fantasy. So there's that. Okay. This is the really cool part. I really, really dug reading about Khajiiti morphology. Okay. The Khajiit. Very subtly bound to the lunar lattice. Moon cycles. This mysterious force determines the form a Khajiiti assumes in life at their birth according to the phases of the moons of Masser and Secunda. So basically speaking, the way a Khajiit looks in life is directly tied to the positions of the moon phases when they are born. That's really cool. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So at birth, Khajiit are smaller in appearance, but the differences kind of, they begin to manifest in just a matter of weeks. So there are rumored to be more than 20 forms of Khajiit, but only a limited amount of information was currently known as of this lore lesson. That's all I could find on Wiki. <laughs> Let's talk about the subspecies of the Khajiit. Now, bear with me on the pronunciations of these names. I'm going to try to be awesome, but I might suck. So we'll go. We'll start here. So there's Ohms. This is similar in many ways to the Bosmer. I was like, what? But turns out it's a thing. So Ohms tattoo their faces to resemble a cat so they're not mistaken for a Bosmer. Racists! Kind of funny. Then there's there's these um, subspecies of a lot of these main species and that ends with a hyphen rot. So like there's ohms and then the next one is ohms rot. Similar to the race of men is the ohms rot. Short tails and lightly colored fur. Sounds like a bobcat so far. This type of Khajiit walk on their heels, unlike many other subspecies. They walk on their heels, where most Khajiit walk on the balls of their feet, right? These ones walk on their heels. It's like, I think you got a birth defect. Why do you walk on your heels? But anyway. They're the ones that started the war for the wood. There you go. On their heels. The whole time. (laughs) But they still won. They still won. Okay. So then there's the Suthe Rot. Actually, let's talk about the Suthe first. So the Suthe, they're similar in all aspects to the Suthe Rot, but they're smaller in stature. So the Suthe Rot, similar in height and build to man, one of the most common Khajiit breeds. Their colors are dark brown to orange or light yellow. Um, Most of them are without spots or with stripes. And a little tidbit for you. As of launch of ESO... All player characters that are Khajiit will be Suthe Rot. Which I thought was weird. It's interesting. It makes a little more sense when we continue down some of these because there's some smaller Khajiit and there's larger Khajiit breeds. But that one kind of threw me off a little bit because it says without spots or stripes. Well, I could expect my dude to have all that stuff. So maybe they're branched out. I don't know. Right. But... Um, yeah, I found that little tidbit of information that all player Khajiit in Elder Scrolls Online will be Suthe Rot. Anyway, okay. Then there's the Cathay. They're similar to the Suthe Rot in appearance, but stronger and larger. Then there's the Cathay Rot, which are larger and stronger than the Cathay, and they're known as Jaguar Men. So I'm thinking in their, in their coloring. Jaguar Men? Hmm. Jaguar Men, yep. Huh. 
Okay. Sounds like sounds like a, a Vegas show of a bunch of dudes with their shirts off. <laughs> bunch of kajits with the run around with their shirts off. Yeah. That's what happens in my mind on Moon Sugar. Okay. <laughs> then there's the Toje. Not the Tojam. The Toje. Little is known of little is known about this breed, except they live in the southern marshes and the jungles of elsewhere. Then there's the Toje Rot. Nothing is known of these Khajiit except they are the larger version of the Toje. 10-4. The Alfique, very similar to a house cat. Alfique are quadrupedal, which means they walk on four feet. But they also keep the keen intelligence of a Khajiiti. This part threw me for a loop. Okay, you're talking a house cat. Incredibly intelligent. They are able to understand the spoken word, but cannot respond. It is also possible they can cast spells. Excuse me, what? Yeah, right? I want one now. I'll take two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, then there's the Alfiq Rot. Nothing is known about this uh, potential or or this particular subspecies other than they are larger than the Alfiq. Then there's the Daji. This is a less common, commonly known form of Khajiit. They live in the trees of the Tenmar Forest. Then there's the Daji Rot, similar to the Daji, but slightly, slightly larger. They also dwell in the trees of the Tenmar Forest and are naturally skilled in magic. Uh, Pomar, they are similar in appearance and size of a common tiger. There's the Pomar Rot, similar to the appearance of the Pomar, but larger and more fierce. Now we get into the very interesting ones. The Sench. Now, of course, you know that you can have Sench tigers and Sench felines in the game. Right. These are a very large bipedal Khajiit. The Sench are approximately the height of an average Altmer, which is tall. However, 20 times their weight. Yeah. I was like, whoa. They have very thick... Yeah, go. I was going to say, I don't understand how that works, but all right. It, it, they're just incredibly dense with muscle is what I can think. They're huge, but incredibly dense with muscle. Mm. They have thick forelimbs and even more thick rear limbs, giving them a very muscular appearance, much like that of an ape. Their coats are ribbon with stripes in a dark crimson color. So this is a very specific Khajiit. And I don't fancy we've seen them in this game. Yeah. Then there's the Sench Rot, which are even larger and slower than the Sench, with a shorter body and straighter legs, but the average Sench, sench Rot stands as tall as two Altmer, massive, Whoa. and can weigh as much as 50 Altmer. Wow. Yeah, that is a, that's a beast. So the Sench Rot have been known to be employed as steeds. So employed to me means that they still have a very high form of intelligence. So they're used most often in battle, which is why they earn the title battle cats from the Imperial troopers. So Imperials at one point use these sench rot. Yeah. As battle cats, which I was like, Whoa, then there is the main, the main, the main is an incredibly unique breed of Khajiit. As we talked about before, only one main can be alive at one time and it's believed that the same mane is reborn again and again into different bodies. That is just speculation, though. 
That's Kajidi culture. So more than one main has never contended for power at any one time. This may be due to the truth in traditional Kajidi belief or that the main destroys a potential rival. So nobody really knows. But mains are born under a very rare alignment of Master and Secunda, and during this alignment, according to legend, a third moon appears. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh-huh. Okay. We'll close it out with the typical dress of a Khajiit. Their typical ensemble are full body coverings made from cloth known as booty, which helps to protect them from the harsh rays of the sun where they live and elsewhere. It covers much of their torso fur because exposing those areas is deemed as unsightly and offensive in Kajiti culture. So for all you Kajit that run around half naked, shame on you. Shame. Totally lore breaking. Shame. Uh, most Kajit wore medium armor in battle, except for my tank. That's about to wear some heavy. Um, they're also known to adorn themselves with very bright colors, jewelry, and trinkets, which manifests itself in some of the uh, clothing that you can buy that's of Khajiit origin. Um, okay, notable Khajiit in Elder Scrolls lore, Razumdar. Of course, everybody knows actually Razumdar is in the tavern right below us right now. If you were to go down there, he's right there. Uh, he is an agent of the Eyes of the Queen, an intelligence network for Queen Ren. Uh-huh. Then there's Rajin, the thief god of the Kajidi, known as the Purring Liar. And we talked about him being the most successful burglar in Elsewhere's history. Uh-huh. And then our favorite, shall we never forget, mm-hmm. Maik the Liar, the recurring source of misinformation in the Elder Scrolls series, originally introduced as an Easter egg to players. That's really cool. That's the Khajiit, my friends. I'm going to... Gosh, man, this show does this every episode. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. <laughs> I literally remember saying I only focus on my DPS sort on this show. Now I'm finding the Warden with the High Elf, you know, the whole Maelstrom Arena aspect of the game. Then we got the Khajiit. <sighs> I'm turning right. into an altaholic. The show's doing that to me. I know. I know. I was looking at all my characters today going, I really should have one character from each race. But I would have to get rid of half of my roster of maxed out tunes. <laughs> of maxed out tunes, yep. Well, it's not going anywhere. Just re-level. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, hey, look who decided to show. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, well, it's that time of the episode before we close out here. Uh, bringing back some of your emails and uh, answer some of your questions. So Larry from Canada says, Hey, guys, love your show. Always thought to myself, if we could ever mix races together in ESO, in ESO who would you pick? Hands down myself, I would pick Orc and Argonian. <laughs> Can you imagine the tank that would be? Huh. Hmm. Let's see. Mix races together in ESO. Hmm. That's a good question. I'm going to go with Argonian and a Bosmer. Dude, you're so weird. A Bosmer and an Orc. A woody lizard. 
<laughs> it's a woody lizard. A woody lizard. I think I would pick a red guard for their stam and an altmer for their magicka. Mm. And then make a battle mage. So would it be wielding like, two swords? Would you call it like a red elf? Hmm. I think I'd call it an alt guard. Oh. You're so proud of yourself with that smart face. I'm such a, face. Dork. I'm uh, such a we, we also got from Eric Robinson says, Hey guys, great show. Keep it up. So Zoss has created a very rich and engaging housing component to the game and has done very well with the mix between what can be earned in-game and paid for with crowns. My question is, quote, when are we going to get chefs, brewers, and bards for housing? Definitely needs to be a thing. We need more NPCs and housing to make our creations come to life. Thanks. Yes, please. I feel like yes, that'd be a, please. Just a, I feel like that's just a systems issue. But I don't know how it would be, but I feel like that's what it is. Yeah, I would love to have a a bard for sure. Would be amazing. That you could pick songs, buy some of the songs from the game with extra crowns. Fine, I'll buy that and just throw them into your bard and he plays in your home or your tavern jukebox <laughs> I mean, I, I'll tell you what I want I want a bard class I know it doesn't really go with ESO but I would love a bard class in this game it would be so oh, cool man. I remember that yeah. from uh, Lord of the Rings Online that was my favorite, one of my favorite things to do yeah. the, we need uh, a wall of crazy we, we need do. a wall of crazy buddy do we, do we need okay listeners here's what I want to know if you want us to do a segment of wall of crazy where we just pick some of the crazy, awesome ideas that you guys have for Tiso, and we talk about it. Let us know on Twitter, at LoreSeekersCast. If you guys want it, we'll find a way to incorporate it in the show. If you don't, well then, we won't. Yep. All right, well, thank you guys so much for your emails. We hope you enjoyed this show. This was episode 11 of the Lore Seekers podcast, and uh, you know, if you like this podcast, we want to know. You like us, you hate us, tell us over at iTunes. For every five-star review that you give us, we show you some love on the show. And speaking of, we've got uh, three reviews here. Uh, Banana Squid, (laughs) nice name, (laughs) came across you guys about a week ago, and I'm hooked. I love hearing your thoughts and tips on ESO, especially Somerset, learning new lore, and the great banter is always a plus. Fantastic job. Have a round of mint mud crab mojitos on me. This hatchling erects the spine of gratitude. Oh my god. That sounds actually really good. A mint, mint mud crab mojito? Mud crab mojito. I'll try it. That's the way it rolls off the tongue. Uh, Smiley Foo says, Haven't played since Dark Brotherhood came out because, you know, life. Finally got back into it, and I love the information you guys give out. Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. Uh, and then finally, Dcast89 says this show is a great in- is a great intro to TSO Tesso lore. Sorry, excuse me. If you want to learn more, but is also interesting enough to keep lore buffs such as myself interested, generally cater to lore that is relevant to ESO, but expansive enough to cover t- uh, the Elder Scrolls generally at the same time. The dynamic between the hosts is great, and they clearly have great chemistry. The sound bites are fantastic, and I literally laugh when I hear the bartender pieces every time. <laughs> Great work, guys. <laughs> yes. 
Thank you very much. Those are cool. Uh, thanks so much, guys. We appreciate you. You can always call us as well at 765-382-6961. And you can leave us your voicemails instead of maybe you're on the go, you, something pops in your brain about TISO or something that you wanted to ask us. Give us a call, 765-382-6961. You can email us, lorasecretspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, easy way to do this, go to lorasecretspodcast.com, and uh, at the bottom of the homepage, I know a lot of you are taking advantage of this, just uh, enter the information there on the homepage and just click send. It'll go right to us. Cash, guilds. Yes, we are part of Meridia's Order of Guards. They are a guild with uh, MogNation.com. It's a guild for adults and working professionals and part of the MogNation and multi-gaming community. You can apply for membership at Mog-Nation.com. Keep in mind, they are North American PC Guild. We are also part of the RP community at the Divine Conclave. They are at SoCan.Engine.com. And then, of course, you can join the Lore Seekers Guild, the official Lore Seekers Guild, at LoreSeekersPodcast.com forward slash guild. Three simple steps. Just download Discord. Join our Discord server and then apply by typing slash apply in our apply to guild channel. Another big announcement that we have is that we are live on PS4. We are. Official guild is out, man. The official guild is out. We have some outstanding leadership over there on the PS4 in the form of Never Separate and Caddy Jacks, thank you tons and tons for leading mm-hmm. the charge for us in PS4. This is something that uh, has has been really since launch, uh, pretty immediately since our North American PC launch of our guild. They have wanted the um, the PS4 guild too. Jibs and I were not expecting that to happen as quickly as it did, nope. but we were able to, within the course of a week, recruit for leadership decipher through quite a few applications and pick our folks and their guild has been launched and within a couple days or i think they're up to close to 20 members as of today which mm-hmm. is outstanding we are still looking to open up a, an xbox chapter or xbox version of the lore seekers guild um and i think i've gotten a couple of applications from our folks who are already part of our guild for leadership there so um if you're interested, you just got to join us. If you've got guild leadership experience, hop on in because the race is on right now. We're just trying to get qualified folks in there leading the charge for us and um, you know, making sure those communities are holding the same standards that our outstanding community in PC is building right now. It really is a fun time over here at Lore Seekers. So if you guys are looking for a guild uh, and you are looking for busy time, uh, it's a pretty busy place. Uh, come on over with us. True to that, man. Uh, <laughs> if you want to continue your experience after the episode, you need to join this community. It's amazing. Great people are showing up. It is. We do have a special shout out. Uh, both Jibs and I have a very close friend um, who's going through some health issues. So Pip, um, we just want to give you a special shout out on the show. We hope you're doing better. We love you and come back whenever you can. That's right. That is right. You can follow us on Twitter uh, myself at Jibs IRL, Cash at Mog Cash with a K, and most importantly at Lore Seekers Cast. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and uh, we'll be back next week, episode 12. Ever closer to Somerset. You guys have a great week in gaming. Dilly dilly! Wubba lubba dub dub!
Um, Cash? Yeah? You know that guy dropped off a third letter? The courier? Yeah, I didn't see the it. Guy, the guy with the limp? Yeah, I didn't know he dropped off the third... Did you see him drop off three I didn't see him drop nope. Hang on, let me open this. Let me open this. We lost the tavern. No. Worse. It's the black hand and it says we know. Oh, sh**. No orcs were harmed during the recording of this show. They were simply battered around.